Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. Chop a line now. And here we go. Chopping lines. Welcome of one. Welcome all to the inaugural episode. It's a pleasure to have you all. Doc Ward and I in the house. We got producer Joe. It's been a project we've been practicing for a while here. Pretty excited to produce it for you all, put it out into the public. Hopefully get some good feedback. Doc, how you doing tonight? Doing great. <clears throat> Can't complain. It's a great July day. You know, low humidity, low 80s. Couldn't ask for should, We should be on the golf course. But here we are giving content to the good people. Hey, if we wrap it up in time, there's still a shot for twilight That's here. That's right. Uh, definitely can't ask for much better days uh, than this in the middle of July. Producer Joe, hope you're doing well today. Monday, hope your week started off right. Very solid, very solid. I'll take that. Beats the alternative. So the, the date is Liquid. July the 11th. We're going to be releasing this tomorrow. So we're recording this on a Monday night. Again, we are chopping lines. We are going to be doing our best to bring you national sports coverage with a little bit more of a Baltimore DMV twist to it, just being based on our location. Uh, Big NFL guys, we like the NHL, NBA. Doc here's our big golf expert. Got got his toes in the tennis world as well. Big week coming up. 150th edition of the Open Championship hosted at... San Andrews, the home of golf. And what a better spot for it than any. And we're going to get to that in a little bit here. But we're going to kick off with the NFL news here. We had uh, earlier in the week, we had Baker Mayfield. The the story's up. The trade has finally happened. The speculation's over. He is officially going to the Panthers. They only got a fifth-round pick for him. Uh, Could become a fourth they had to eat about ten mil in his salary as well. What are your thoughts on on him at the Panthers first and foremost? Uh, I mean, it's an upgrade for them, right? Like Sam Darnold <laughs> can't be worse no than that. Fucking good, but those two have had the highest interception numbers last season, or for like the since they both entered the league, something along those lines. Yeah, if not so inter- it's like, maybe turnovers. If I was a Panthers fan, I wouldn't be super pumped about it. But honestly, I think Baker Mayfield's an upgrade from what they did have. I agree with that and for sure. And he's still got a high side. I mean, he can throw touchdowns. He can throw picks. We know that. But he can also <laughs> throw touchdowns. Not as many picks as Darnold, for sure. I'm curious to see on how healed up he actually is. The nagging shoulder injury all of last year. How buddy healed up he is. Yeah, he. There you go. He. Uh, he claimed that it was really bothering him. He's sucking it up to put one on for the team, but you know he was really bad. He hurt his own reputation in the process. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, especially in the uh, in any major sport, a big contact sport, it's that putting your body on the line like that. You know, the team showed his loyalty to him or lack thereof, shipped him off there quick for a shitty return. I think the Browns are going to be potentially in some trouble here as well. Still no official word on the Deshaun Watson uh, scandal. Right. I guess would be the best word for it. And they really did play the long game there. Like, I, that, that's still fly ball. Like, we don't know what's happening with that yet. And I believe that there was, and I, I saw some of this on social media, there was like a offer to suspend him for eight games, and somehow Watson like turned that down. It seemed very vague. 
I didn't know that that was even a thing in the NFL. What? Like they were like, if you eat these eight games, then no matter what, yeah. we'll just, that's retroactive. You've already been punished for that and you can come back in the middle of the yeah. season. So I'm not, I don't know how much truth there is to that. Uh, it seemed kind of odd, definitely a unique situation, but uh, I love it personally. Love seeing the Browns in squalor. Uh, they're going to be stuck with Jacoby Brissett as their backup. And if, and if he gets hurt with Watson out, I don't, I don't even know who their fourth string is right now. I, it's not anyone very good. So a little bit of turmoil in Cleveland. They made their bed, unfortunately made it with Deshaun Watson. And we know what he has been accused of doing, unfortunately. Yeah. Moving to the Raiders, they announced their Sandra Douglas Morgan as the first black woman president in the NFL team, or of an NFL team, rather. So we'll give some some applause to that, give her a shout-out. Yeah. Raiders, uh, definitely a progressive franchise Probably of some sort. Probably the sorts. most. I mean, they hired the first black head coach with Art Shell back in the 80s, I believe. I be- yeah, I believe yeah. it was the early 80s. Yeah, and, then, and since then have kind of been on that forefront. So good for them. Yep, got to... Got to give it to Mark Davis. The hair, the haircut tells me if nothing else, he is exactly who he is. Wears his, wears himself on yeah, his head his on a sleeve. His hair looks like you know, like when you if you make like Stouffer's mac and cheese in the oven and you peel back the film <laughs> after it, like that film, that crust with the cheesy uh, shit all over it. You can just lay that on a bald man's head, and he could go as Mark Davis for Halloween. Nice greasy dupee for the man. Did you see? Uh, Heinz Field moving to Pittsburgh. No longer going to be called Heinz Field anymore. I believe, uh, and I'll look this up here, it's like Arkashare. Arkashare, yes. And is that like an investment bank or a sperm bank? Uh, Knowing them, probably. Yeah, but. right. I don't I don't remember exactly. I saw on a tweet that they're based in Michigan, for what it's worth. So not even in Pittsburgh. Right. Definitely an end of an era of sorts, though. Heinz Field was what it always was, the ketchup bottle, even though it's a little yellow. Um, not really sure I'm going to even be able to get used to this new name. It's always going to kind of be Heinz It'll always be Heinz Field. And that's the thing. It's like they change the names of these stadiums all the time. And then before you know it, you're just calling it whatever it is. Like, like what? LA, the Staples Center is now Crypto Crypto Arena. Crypto.com, yeah. Great, that aged well. Terrible. Terrible. And you can't, and Staples Center is iconic. Obviously, Staples are well on the way out as a company, but you find a way to keep that. I get the whole, I mean, you you get these sponsors to do it. That's like a financial incentive and all that. But I just miss the days when it was just like, it's Yankee Stadium. Like, it's the name of the fucking team and the Here. place they play. Advertise like, with it. Whatever. Yeah, advertise it all you want, but it'll always be Camden Yards to me, even when they change it to fucking OnlyFans.com. Whatever stadium, comes next. Whatever it is, yeah. Our last NFL story here, this was definitely the popping one on the social medias. We got Zach Wilson, speaking of OnlyFans, some <laughs> girlfriend drama coming out about him. Uh, he, I guess his girlfriend is dating one of his old college teammates. Got a little bit of sh- shade thrown her way on the social media. So BYU she, people, right? Mormons. So they yeah, can Mormons. have sex now that they're I not highly, at, I don't at risk so. of being kicked out of school. Well, or? I guess that, Wilson well, can now. Okay, right. Well, maybe, not a, maybe not getting invited to the alumni meetings, but regardless. <laughs> so he cheated on his girlfriend 
with his mother's best friend, allegedly a real Stifler's mom situation of sorts here. And how did we not see this coming? The man played for the BYU Cougars. He's been following the stream his whole life. Right. Just chasing down this Cougar. Polygamama Mia. He might not have even thought he was doing anything wrong. It's hard to say. Sure. Just one one girl to the other. He's like, I've seen it my whole life. <laughs> Who are you to tell me it's wrong? But that's big, big love territory. That was the uh, Netherlands now. Mm, that was. I'm gonna be curious how that comes out. There's gonna be some great signs around stadiums about that in oh, the coming yeah. season. Yeah, every mom in attendance will be. Uh, <laughs> And that takes the whole "hi mom" thing to new levels. Like that's his mom's uh, flipping the bird back after that. So moving ahead, the NBA here we've got a little bit of summer league ball. Uh, Chet Holmgren, the number two pick, he came out real sharp uh, for OKC. Looks a little bit like Dirk. Yeah, sharp elbows on that kid. He's a lanky motherfucker. Stick man. He is a lanky dude. Uh, he didn't look as good as second game, but all considered, he's he's got a lot of growing Kenny to do. Kenny Lofton Jr. is going right at him. Almost the complete opposite of him. It's like, yeah, I'm 6'6", six, six, like 300 pounds. Yeah, like, like sh- eat shit. And his, and his father, Lofton, was a badass in baseball, too. He was a thick dude. Well, but here, just want to bat this down as we get to it. In real time, not his father, no relation, just really? a name. Yeah. No shit. Which is like funny, but not as cool. It's like that'd be sick if we had one of those generational things going on. They've but, yeah. got to have at least taken a picture together. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like <laughs> Kenny Lofton Jr. It's like, what are the odds of that? Yeah, and if you're not Kenny Lofton's son, just be another Kenny Lofton. Yeah, or like, Kenneth. Don't, they, drop the junior. Just be like. What if you become the more famous Kenny Lofton? That's true. He's yeah. a, he's a young man. He's just starting his career. You never know. That's a big name or a big enough name regionally to overcome. Totally. Lofton was not a not great a name scrub. too, by the way. Absolutely. We had uh, our other t- two top three picks, Paolo Banquero. He came out in his first game with 17 points. He's looked pretty good Another for the Magic. Name. Had yeah. that game ceiling block. Did you see that in overtime? Yeah. That was yeah. fucking sick. Yeah, it's like it's exciting that in this part of the sporting year, like the summer, when now we're, we're watching some summer league games, and it's like kind of getting excited for next NBA season. I mean, Chet Holmgren is a name. Oh yeah, a- and just a figure. I mean, like a just skinny, scrawny white dude. But it was also like, oh, you were great in college, but that doesn't necessarily necessarily translate and especially when you look like him i mean uh, we've people always worried about kevin durant's durability which he's proven to be very durable and has become an all-time great but for sure can we expect that from other seven footers who weigh like 130 pounds soaking wet we don't know that's yet to be seen and i I think holmgren's a good kid by all accounts i think he's gonna have that work ethic to try to try to fill a Durant-esque legacy of sorts. Sure. Uh, I think OKC is going to be pretty okay this year. I think they've got yeah. a lot. They got a lot of height. They got a lot of young talent. I think they had four first-round picks. They had picks. a good young team last year that I think some would say overperformed. So only adding more talent, young talent. It'll be interesting to see how they the next five years for them will be fun to watch. Absolutely. Even the next two. 
Our number three pick, Jabari Smith of the Rockets. He has not been looking great so far. He was uh, touted for shooting the three. Hasn't been doing that well. He went 5 of 19 overall on Saturday. I didn't like him from the start. Uh, I thought that that Auburn team underachieved. Mm-hmm. He's kind of seemingly brought that on up to the NBA with him. We got some uh, contract extensions here. We got one for Damian Lillard. So he, yeah. he was already on the team through 2024. He signed a two-year, $122 million extension to put him through 2026 in Portland. Stuck in the cycle of mediocrity, it seems. Well, and is that, like, get your money? I, and I know he's he is an avowed, like, Loyal. I'm about the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey guy, which is admirable. But, like, you would think, was how old is he now? Like, 30, 32? I'm not sure. I can look uh, that up. Either way, I mean, I, I'm not a contract wizard. That's not, like, my part of sports that really interests me. But, like, wouldn't you play it out, like, another year? I mean, why do the extension two years before the contract ends? As I the mean, GM, especially. Yeah. Unless it sets him up maybe to be a little more um, appealing at a trade if he's more under contract. I'm sure. not totally sure on that. Maybe they just want to show or, reward or does it on. get, like, you know, maybe we pay you up front and then in the back couple years... Because you know they can always morph these things around. So it's like, sure, if you still yeah. want to stay, if you're still about the front of the jersey, maybe we can pay you less in these next three years and we, we can fucking get someone now. here to help you. Yeah. like God knows he needs it. I always loved that as a Durant stop. Like, I think Kevin Durant should go there and him and Dame Lillard could peel one off. I, I honestly do believe those two men and whoever you could put around them could win an NBA championship. That would be a really cool tandem. I'm curious what kind of trade package the Blazers could put together for that. Uh, just to recircle, Lillard will be on Friday. will be 32. There so happy go. early birthday, Mr. Lillard. Shout yeah. out. Uh, so I I definitely think kind of we'll actually piggyback here because I want to talk a little bit about some trade speculation that we might have. So KD to the Blazers would be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Not sure quite what they'd give up. I've also seen the Suns as a potential option and the Heat. Yeah, I mean, if I'm the Suns, yeah, like Kevin Durant would be a great addition. But if I'm the Nets, I'm like, you got to give me Devin Booker. Yeah, like I'm not like you can get Kevin Durant, but I need your best player as well. And Kevin uh, Devin Booker's like ten years younger, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean. In a perfect world, you would, like I said, I mean, in a star league where one man can take a team to the finals, I would say keep Devin Booker and get rid of everything possible to to get get Kevin Durant and just see how that goes for two or three years. Because that's about all it's going to be. No matter where Durant goes, this will be two, three years max. And that's yeah, I, I like that you said no matter where he goes, he was he's in not going to stick eleven fucking months or some shit. Right, like, play like whatever, like not even one full season of games there. Like yeah, a lot of these guys just seemingly bounce around so much, they get so discontent with situations that they more or less forced upon themselves to be facilitated. So I don't. Well, yeah, this and the Brooklyn case is especially that way. It's. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting because that's just the way the NBA is now. The players are GMs. And, you know, LeBron probably started this with the decision, all this. But to to defend LeBron, which a lot of people won't, 
And he might not be the best GM, and he's had a lot of fucked up, like, calling for people and whatever. We oh, even yeah. saw what happened last Bad year. Bad calls. Well, but he's also gotten championships out of his decisions to get players to and going somewhere. It's like the Anthony Davis trade like and going to L.A. It's like that resulted in a championship. Yeah. Like, Kyrie and Kevin Durant resulted in losing in the Asian Conference Finals and then getting fucking swept by the Celtics this sure. year in four. Yeah, there's a lot of people who will bitch about and say that they would give up X, Y, and Z to win that one title, but then right. will shit on LeBron for only winning one. Right. Well, and it's also... And, and, and I'm of two minds. It's like, do I love that every player can force their way out of a contract? No, I don't. But... There is an interesting aspect to it where it's like, yeah, I, I like the league with some movement and you get different teams yeah. and different players and all that. I mean, it's, it is fun. I mean, and that's just where we are now. Hold some of these front offices accountable too. But like, if you're going to be an asshole, I'm going to put you on blast and I'm going to leave and I'm going to tell all my boys not to sign with you. Right. And then you're going to have to figure that out. Change, change how, uh, your approach more or less. Yeah. Uh, do you think Bradley Beal is going to be with the Wizards this year? Uh, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would guess so. I think I mean, he is too. I think so. Uh, I don't know how long he'll stay, but yeah, I see him there this year. I mean, that's a guy that I thought, and he'd been talked about for two years now of like a piece that can fit, and he is like if I'm him. It's like, dude, A, you're not Dame Lillard. No. And B, the Wizards aren't the Trailblazers. So if I were terrible. Bradley Beal, I'd want to get the fuck out of Dodge. Yep. And I, that's coming from a guy from this area. I mean, the Wizards, I, I don't, like, that's not, I don't have, like, a strong allegiance to the Wizards. But if I am Bradley Beal, it's like, yeah, throw me on the heat, son. Like, yeah. whatever. Like, if you, and that's the thing. It's like, Kevin Durant, I don't know what the heat would have to get up, give up for Kevin Durant. Would it be Jimmy Butler? Would it be Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero? Ideally, they like, wouldn't have to give up Bam or Jimmy. They'd have their big three and suddenly... The and you would do like Tyler I Hero think. and a bunch of picks yeah. and, like, whatever else. Yeah. And then they would become, I think, instant front runners, like the number one odds to win the championship. If you had Kevin Durant, Jimmy, and Bam Adebayo, and Spolstra can coach. Spolstra is one of the best coaches of our lifetime, or at least of, of since the year two thousand. I mean, Easily. this guy is, and and quietly great. Yeah, it just kind of goes about his business, doesn't demand that respect, shows up every day. And when we talk about these places, or these, the, the, the trend in the NBA of forcing trades, there's one thing to be said, and it's a tired trope now, heat culture. But when you have a strong GM like Pat Riley and a coach that knows he's not going anywhere. People like, like that shit. Talk about a team that's always there and always dangerous. It's like, they were one Jimmy Butler dribble up three Brick. from getting to the finals yep. i mean it was i i thought it was the right shot to take in the time but it's like yeah they were that close to As dispensing is. of the celtics who people are still acting i don't know yeah that i would be worried if i was a celtics fan and i know that sounds like uh counterintuitive but I don't know. I think we may have seen their high water mark, quite frankly. Yeah, I don't disagree. Or at least at least a little concerned that like you said, you might have hit the ceiling already. Um I never really liked 
the fit with a lot of those guys in Boston anyway. Didn't like Jason Tatum's disappearing act either. I mean, we got to figure that out as well. No, it happened a little more regularly than we'd care to see. But we're going to be moving along here. We had the Scottish Genesis Open. Xander Shoffley took it home. Minus seven. We had Kurt Kitayama with a minus six. And Ju Hyung Kim with a minus five. It was a pretty good tournament overall from what I saw. Uh, my highlight for the weekend, I'm going to let you kind of harp a little bit more after the, uh, being more the expert than me on this. But I loved the Will Zalatoris ball landing on Matt Fitzpatrick's uh, poker chip ball marker that was actually on the Chopping Line social media page. But that was pretty fucking sick. You don't see that. Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun part of the tournament. Uh, even I mean, the caddies took their phones out and took pictures of it. But if there's one excusable moment for that. Just as a mini soapbox on that, let's stop marking our balls with fucking poker chips. That shit needs to be flush with the putting surface. I don't have to worry about putting over that and hitting it or, or, or chipping and it landing on it. It's like the ball mark should be something that my ball can roll over without any... No interruption to your... yeah. I agree. And that ball was coming in hot. It hit the pole, or the flag, whatever you want to technically call it. Sure. Hit the flag, and then it just happened to slow down, ease right on up. Uh, you might know the answer to this. I know the announcer had asked, how do you mark that? How Do you, do we know how they did it? Uh, how did you do that? Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's just kind of like a gentleman'sly thing, but... Like His area. ball rested on the front part of that ball mark. So what he would do, I think, would be you would mark it next to the marker he landed on. Gotcha. You would re- remove the init- the poker chip. And then you could, you know, reconfigure however Billy Z was going to mark his well, ball. What's the order, though? Who Whoever's was... closest to the hole goes last. Like, the farthest away always puts first. So if his ball landed on the front edge of his ball mark, which is what it looks like in the video, You're he right. would mark his ball there, pick it up. The other person would putt. He would get the greatest read of all time. Then more or less put his ball right back beside it. And he can't I mean, miss he, that He one. would have to mark his ball still, but he would just mark it there. I mean, yeah, but it's one of those things that you don't see a lot. It's like... Maybe ever. Yeah, yeah I've for yeah, me personally. Right, and that's why, you know, we get rid of the fucking poker chips. We, we, I want to throw a manhole cover down to mark my putt. That's, right. It's just unnecessary. And how pissed would you be, like, if you if you're about to, like, hole in from on a chip for, like, birdie, and you hit a poker chip, and it just, like, pokes it just enough away from the hole, and that's yeah. all. Like, that's... Yeah, I'd be fucking pissed. And that's, well... And even when we play golf, and, and I use a ball marker that has a little prong in the end. Anyway, you shove it in the green and it lays yeah. flat. But even still, just as an eye line thing, a lot of guys will be like, can you move that a putter head over or so? I mean, your ball mm. only has so wide of a path, so it's like, I don't want to roll over that at all. I don't even really want to look at it, you know? I understand that. But yeah. That was just my mini soapbox about use flat ball markers, people. And with everything the PGA does outlaw, that's very surprising to me that that's not somehow on that list. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, and a pinch, and and back in the day, you would use a penny or a dime or whatever. But even that, I mean, it would a ball likely would roll off of that. Sure, yeah, it's not going to turn that much. Still, be a bit of a 
uh, a speed bump, but still. Either way. Yeah, that was a nice little piece of the Genesis Scottish Open. And how great does Lynx golf look on TV? I mean, it's just, especially when the sun is shining. I know a lot of people will look at the course and be like, oh, they're playing there. It's like very brown and like the grass is real high. And it's like, if you're saying that, you don't get it. And if you're just used to seeing Augusta or a lot of the regular tour stops in America, it would seem alarming to you to see it but it to me it's just so beautiful i mean you got usually on these links courses visible water usually a bay or an ocean like a cliffside yeah Coastal i mean just like somehow. the way yep. the sun shines off the grass and you got the tall heather grass and the gorse bushes and it's just a beautiful style of golf and i can't wait to eventually get over there one day and play some true links golf that'd be a sick trip going up uh, down here around the beach I'd play it. I mean, we have a Lynx style course. There's a lot of Lynx style courses around here. So it's similar to a, to a type of golf I played here in America. Yeah, that would be, if there's any uh, sponsors out there, you want to give us a few listens, you want to send us over to Scotland with a, with a GoPro or something, let us get on some Lynx. We'll, we'll take you up on sure. that. But Shopping Lynx now. And speaking of which, we are going to be... Uh, Going into our U.S. Open previews to Doc, St. Andrews, as you said. Uh, the British Open, actually, oh, and, and they don't, the people over there will get upset. It's just the Open. It's the Open. I should have said, uh, but they I don't actually even forget like, if it's the British Open or not. <laughs> they don't even like it being called the British Open over there because it was, it is the Open Championship. It, it, this is its a 150th year, and that's why it's being hosted at the home of golf, St. Andrews. Now, granted, that's in the rota every, you know, five or ten years or so. In the but, rotation, yeah. Yeah, so, and we have an Open Championship here in America, and that's the U.S. Open. But yeah, for as far as Open Championships go, the British Open was the first, so that is just the, the. Open, cha- the open Championship. We love that. Like you said, a Lynx course. One thing that I'm looking forward to, I heard uh, or read yesterday, rather, Tiger playing a full 18 practice round. He shot it with Justin Thomas. Yeah. Had three birdies, finished on a birdie at that, yeah. from what I read. So definitely exciting. I think I was looking at the odds. He's plus 6,600. If Tiger's walking in a tournament, he's got a shot yeah and especially at st andrews i mean outside of augusta this is probably the course most associated with him and and one where he feels most at home i mean when they played in 2000 2000 or 2001 whenever they last not they last but when he won there there's something like a hundred and some bunkers out there and he went the entire week without getting into a single one incredible which is maybe never done before certainly never done by a winner so it's a guy that knows his way around the place let's just say that you have a seasoned vet absolutely we'll see if he can he or whomever can take down the defending champion colin morikawa right we're going to be uh picking or putting our guesses in on that going into our rhyme time segment here brought to you by chi chi things uh any supplies you need any crafts Send, or send any designs over their way on the Instagram. Uh, they're going to be making our uh, stuff, our clothes for this podcast as well. Some merchandise out there. So feel free to give them a follow, give them a like, give them some business. Uh, we're going to be keeping track of these rhyme times throughout the show. 
We'll be letting you know how that scoring is going to be going come next episode. But we're going to be doing our hot spot here today. That's who we have winning the Open Tournament. My hot spot for this one is going to be Patrick Cantlay. He had a nice showing last week. I believe he came in fourth at the Scottish. He's plus 2,500, which are tasty odds. Not quite as high as some of the others. Uh, but I think that he's a reasonable play there. That's my pick for the hotspot. Patrick Cantlay, go get your major. Doc, who do you got for our hotspot here? Well, again, I had a couple names in mind, but I think I'm going to go with our runner-up to the U.S. Open, Will Zalatoris, uh, you know, rhyming with our favorite female body part, as we pointed out <laughs> before, but... He just has had a great year. He's been great in majors for a couple years now. Consistent. Yeah, and just he's got the ball striking. He's got the shot making. I mean, his putting's a little frisky, but these are slower greens. These are big greens, so I didn't get there. Uh, but and a dark horse. I just wanted everybody to keep an eye out for Webb Simpson, much along the uh, pedigree of former champion here at St Andrews, Zach Johnson. Not a long hitter, not particularly, I mean, he's a household name amongst golf fans, but he's just a guy that plugs along and, you know, hits fairways, makes shots, makes a ton of putts. So, yeah, watch out for Webb Simpson. But my number one pick with a bullet will be Billy Z. And Simpson's plus 12,500 currently. If that one hits, that is a uh, healthy trip to the bank sure. there. And we can all give me a pat on the back if that happens. Yeah, the right amount of unit on that bet will take you to Scotland for sure. Producer Joe, who do you got for your hotspot? Uh, for my hotspot, I am going to be rolling with Cam Smith as we've been going over these practice rounds. It's... Your My go-to guy. I feel mm -hmm. like he's going to win a tournament soon. He's got the uh, all-around game from T to T to the cup. Yeah. And I think he, he might not win a lot in his career, but he can win some big ones. The old totally. C. Like that pick, like that pick. So our next section here, we got our steer clear pick. So these are people we think are going to be missing the cut. Uh, I got Max Homa missing the cut this year. He's actually made, I believe, every major's cut so far. He's actually been very competitive yeah. as a whole this year. Uh, I've listened to part of my take great as a podcast. Great guy, too. He's, just oh, a, for he's sure. one of the great guys on tour. Really fun, really smart. Easy going. Tells it how it is. Great uh, follow on your socials. Definitely. So I think... I, you know, got to pick someone who's kind of competitive. He's been in there constantly. I think it's just his week. That's going to be my pick. He's missing the cut. Sorry, Max. My missing the cut might come to a as a shock to a lot of people. The, probably the best golfer this year, Scotty Scheffler, missed the cut at the Scottish Open last week. And maybe he's a little burnt out. Maybe he's, his he's best golf of this year is behind him. Maybe he's just not a Lynx-style player. Uh, I mean, he he certainly... I mean, this is a pick... I'm going out on a limb here. Because he could certainly win this fucking thing. He's I mean, going away. He's really good. Uh, but, yeah, I just have it in my bones that he's going to miss the cut this year at San Andres, the home of golf. We will see. That's a ballsy pick indeed there. 
I like that. If so, I wonder what the odds on him missing the cut would technically be. Probably yeah. Pretty... Like what if I went Webb Simpson to win, Scotty to miss, and I got that as like a plus joint... thirty thousand or something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, I maybe we will go to Scotland on my dime. Hey, that'd be a fun one. We'd uh, that'd be a fun Sunday watching that go down Sunday Fucking morning. Right. Joe, to bring us on home here. Your steer clear who's missing the cut. Steer clear is going to be a hometown boy, Justin Rose. Mm. Uh, well, of course. Four missed cuts this year and uh, been in the lower half of, of the rankings each tournament. And uh, I think he's just going to be going home early this, this mm. tourney. Just not his thing. Justin Rose, a bloom short-lived is such a A one-time uh, number one in the world, too. Yep. Yeah, I'll be a brief. I'll be yeah. a brief. And he he came on the scene as like a eighteen or seventeen or eighteen year old, maybe even sixteen year old at a British Open back in '98, I think. So I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah, that's that's pretty telling for me as well. Then, if that's the case, so those are our rhyme times. There, we're going to be keeping track of those as we go. Again, we'll kind of fill you all in with that scoring. Starting next week, we don't want to overload you with all of our stuff this week. We got a nice Wimbledon tournament this uh, last weekend here. Uh, Novak Djokovic brought home his 21st major. Uh, he edged, Kur- uh, how do you say that? Uh, Nick Kyrgios. Kyrgios. Or as we call okay. him, Honey Nut Kyrgios. I would have been way off on that. a whack job, but... The best fortnight in sports is the two weeks of Wimbledon. I mean, especially here in America on the East Coast. You wake up, it's on at 7 or 8 in the morning. You watch some matches. The pomp and circumstance of Wimbledon and center court, which was center court, not Wimbledon itself, but the center court of Wimbledon was celebrating its 100th anniversary. Okay. And they had a really cool ceremony on the... Semifinals day, where they pulled out close to all of the former living champions, uh, which was kind of sick to see all of those greats there. And uh, that it, it was a bummer. I mean, Nadal was supposed to face Kyrgios in the semis. Yeah, he withdrew Thursday due to a abdominal issue. Which is no fault of his own. I mean, he played. He left during the second set of his Taylor Fritz match, which was a great showdown. And his father and people in his box were like yelling to him then, like, "Just withdraw. Like, don't, yeah, don't, you don't have anything to prove play here. hurt. Yeah, it's like this is only going to be worse." And like he he eventually heated that a night or two later. But it was a bummer that we didn't see him and Kyrgios set off, which then. Hopefully would have led to an Adal Djokovic showdown in the final. Must watch TV there when we yeah, can get it. Yeah, totally. Uh, and for me, any any tennis Grand Slam finals and must watch. But and this one was too. I mean, it was a great four setter between yep. Kyrgios and Djokovic. Back and forth overall. Uh, but Djokovic. In his robotic way, outlasted him. And Kyrgios was just, he's just a head case. I mean, he won the first set and was still yelling at his box. Like, hey, I'm up 40 love and you, and, you, and you sit there and you just sit. And it's like, whoa, dude. Like, and I get that. Like some people, that's how you get your energy. That's how you, I mean, I'm kind of like that. Like if, if I have a big thing going up, I 
am not a let someone zen- hear. Like, oh, I, <laughs> I am fucking bouncing off the walls and I'm like very neurotic. But it's like in the midst of that match, you need to calm down. I mean, he could have won match. that thing. Yeah. He won the first set and it's like, and, and it was competitive somewhere into the second set and Djokovic then pulled away after like a big break or whatever. But and that's all she wrote. If he could just settle down. I mean, Nick Kyrgios has the talent to win multiple Grand Slam majors, but it's, he just has to get out of his own way. And he probably will as some of these, uh, as Nadal and Djokovic are more elite guys in tennis are getting older, aging themselves right. out. But Yeah, I mean, he's like eight years, eight to ten years younger than both of them. Yeah. So once they eventually shuffle off of that coil, he might get more of a run at these things. But... There's a lot of great young, even younger than him, talent. There's a lot of great 20, 22, 24-year-olds in the tennis world now where it's like, hey, Nick Kyrgios, like... Buckle up. Like, yeah, you might not be walking yeah, right into like, this. You might want to make hay while the sun's shining here. He's uh, failed to do so so far, even getting into some pretty close opportunities uh, so we'll see if uh, what's the next what's the next major? The U.S. Open the US is Open. the fourth and final of the year. That'll be starting in about a month. Okay, uh, up in Flushing Meadows, Queens, New York. Lovely. Yeah, and it's great. And and then we'll be getting some tennis under the the lights. That I I love as much as I love Wimbledon for having matches on at seven a.m. What's great about the U.S. Open is you're going to see five setters going till midnight, one in the morning. It's got it's that like, prime oh, time yeah. mentality. And especially now, the hotter and more humid it gets each year and on the East Coast. It's like the last couple of years, they've had actual like problems with the heat. Like, like you oh, can't sure. play yeah. in Queens, New York. And like at 11 a.m., it's like you're gonna fucking someone's gonna have a heat stroke and die. Like not be able to hold on to the rack. The Australian Open had to start going to just straight night matches because same thing with them. So yeah, it's great, and we can't wait for that. And it's hard court. You'll see a lot more names you you recognize now. I mean, the grass season of Wimbledon. That's like a surface a lot of people aren't try to playing a lot. So yeah, the U.S. Open should be interesting. We're excited to see it. We're moving it along to our Major League Baseball here. Happy to report yeah. this story here. The Orioles, eight straight wins. Some have deemed them America's team. They are. What, is, what a team. What gone, a story. Gone from the the basement, the laughingstock of the league. Buster Olney's targeted little... Uh, he loves ripping on us. We have a team salary less than Max Scherzer, and we're one game under 500. Uh, didn't expect that. It's been a fun year. Adley's definitely been infusing the team with some some excitement. Definitely a lot of talent. Adley Rutschman and Buster only. Those two names sound like they grew up on the same dairy farm somewhere. If you're named the, if those are your names and you're not in baseball, you're doing something <laughs> wrong. Right. Uh, so that was awesome to see. I don't necessarily expect much from them this year. I kind of hope they do sell a little at the trade deadline still. And when is that? When is August the... 2nd. Okay. Yeah. August so 2nd. So like in another couple weeks then. Like yeah, about... Three weeks or so. Yes, sir. Okay. 
Uh, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. We actually just had an article that came out on the blog yesterday kind of detailing some of those targets and who are they do you care to share some of these trade targets is, is anyone we're in love with any names we would hate to see go? so well don't from, buy these jerseys folks so trey mancini would be who we'd get the biggest return for yeah. i think i think maybe a month ago he would have been more in play i think you're having a really hard sell for him at this point in the middle of this winning streak um i think a team would have to blow us away for that but I think in terms of across the league, you got some good pitchers like yeah, Frankie Montas out in Oakland. You got mm. Noah Syndergaard, mm, Thor, yeah. out with the terrible Angels. I want to kind of talk about them for a minute. They, since May 15th, they're 14 and 35. Um, they're they're awful. So firing Joe Madden wasn't. It was not. <laughs> they did the opposite of what that the was Phillies a sacrificial did. lamb. Yeah, they were. They are terrible. It's it's crazy that they have generational Mike Trout, maybe the best player ever. They got Otani, who was named as an all-star as a pitcher and a hitter. And yeah, and with like two more years of what he's doing, is like going to walk into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, it's insane how the, the, the quality of some of their players and just how inept they are as a team or an organization. They had a guy, yeah, yeah, no kidding. They had a guy, uh, his last name's like Silth Seth. They, he started against the Orioles this week. He was like a thirtieth rounder last year, and is all the way up in the majors. Like they, their yeah. farms messed up. They're making strange, stupid plays with their players, and they're ended up losing a lot of games as a result. So just a little bit of a harp there. They started off real strong. That hype train died fast. Uh, some MLB divisional races with us coming up towards the All Star break. The AL's pretty clear cut at this point the yankees the twins and the astros are running away with it the wild card should be good a lot of teams that are yeah. in that around 500 range o's included uh the nl is looking a little bit more entertaining so that'll be some fun stuff to watch uh throughout this summer and as it winds down towards october uh a little bit more exciting orioles news Gunnar Henderson, one of their top prospects. We saw him uh, twice in Delmarva last year. Yeah. Uh, he has been moved up to the number five prospect on MLB.com, so he's made a huge jump uh, from the mid-40s. The, uh, the rebuild might be working in Baltimore, which is really exciting. He'll be starting, uh, or at least playing, in the Futures game, which is this upcoming Saturday in Los Angeles. Uh, at 7 o'clock, this game comes before the uh, All-Star game for the Major Leagues, at least a few days before it kind of showcases some of the up-and-coming talent. Uh, so we're excited to see him there. Uh, we also had Jordan Westberg of the O's crack into that top 100 as well. And what's the thing? What's the new thing they're doing with the All Star Game now? Like, is it like commissioners' picks, and they just put like Pujols and Cabrera on? But like, so they isn't did that what do we that, were doing yeah. when we let? Isn't like that the what fan we were pick? doing when we let the fan pick? And like Albert Pujols batting a hole like one sixty eight gets yep. the, like fuck that. Like I love Albert Pujols and he's one of the all time greats, no doubt. But it's like. I don't know. Like, let him be a team captain without playing. Let yeah, him be, the, let, let him be, be manager. The, yes, let him be player manager. Or let the fans decide that. It's not like he hasn't made 15 All-Star games. Right, or yeah, whatever. it's nothing like, new to whatever. him. Like, and I'm all for sending off our former greats 
I don't want to sound bitter about that, but it is one of those <laughs> things where it's like, like he's not going to lose sleep over not having that. And like, should he make the All Star game this year? Like, definitely not. Right. Okay. Great you know, story. I my case. Yeah, great story. Great guy. One of the best careers you'll ever see. Sure, and we'll remember it as like he does this. He doesn't need this little feather in his cap. No, Let me no. just say that. That's, I do. Like that's the, what I mean. I do like that he's back in St. Louis at least. Not a, sure. Not with oh, the yeah. Angels because that's yeah. he should have never left. Should have never left. Yeah. Should have never left. Uh, one last little thing. We got the amateur draft this Sunday, which is really exciting. The Orioles are picking first. Diamondbacks are two, followed by the Rangers, Pirates, and the shitty Nationals in that order. A uh, couple, there's not a clear cut first pick this year. Some people are saying Drew Jones, son of Andrew Jones. Mm. Some people are saying Jackson Holiday. He's like the anti Kenny Lofton Jr. Right. <laughs> He's that, actually funny. that man's son. Um, yeah, truly. And that's as good of a player, seemingly. Let me throw a junior on that. We got Jackson Holiday, who is uh, Matt Holiday's son as well in that. Um, so uh, some, some good pedigrees coming yeah. up in the draft. A couple other guys. Uh, feel free to read about it when we post that blog. Kind of a uh, top, our top ten and some sleepers to look for in this upcoming draft on Sunday. Uh, should be a good one, I believe. So we are going to be moving to our qu- quick little general news, and then we're going to roll into trivia. Wayne Rooney, D.C. United. Very exciting. Very exciting. He's the new head coach. Uh, I love the I love the European influx of soccer to America. It's it's yeah. slow. It's slow. It's it's sure, but they are bringing over some of these big names, some of these guys. That people like me know from FIFA playing it from years ago. I think it's good for the game. I think you can see it growing across the country year by year as we go. And I think that yeah, uh, definitely help. It's good for the MLS. That's for sure, and great for those guys to get paid on their way out. Is the MLS the live golf of world football? I think they're a little more like. Let's chew on that a little bit. Maybe but, in, maybe in terms of a victory when, tour. When I got I got the notification like yesterday, and like I was scrolling or texting or something, and it was like. Premier League star Wayne Rooney. And that's all I got. And I was like, did this motherfucker die like face down in the kiddie pool of like uh, Las Vegas pool bar? And then it was just like, oh, no, he's he's the head coach of D.C. United. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, right. And local, too. (laughs) Might uh, might even be able to drive up to see him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. MLS games. They're they're. Rain Wooney. They've had some pretty uh, good turnouts and good crowd followings grow in some of these cities. So. It's not quite like going to. When they come and play those friendlies, like the Man U, Real Madrid, or whatever, they do those little matchups yeah. and they'll do them in you know American stadiums, and those are great. They get a turnout. But nothing has done more to grow the sport of soccer or football than the game of FIFA. Like that's just, yeah. as certainly in America. I mean, that is the driving force behind all of this. I feel like it just made so many names more accessible. It taught people how it. How, how the, the game leagues works. run, and, and, and really, yeah. yeah, the names and the teams, and the and the the interest to watch at seven a.m. on a Saturday morning. Sure, like, yeah. I'm gonna put on NBC Sports and watch fucking Crystal Palace play Leicester. Yeah. Or like you get a sick fucking goal, and it's like people can actually do that. Then you hop on YouTube, you see a people, a few people and actually like, yeah, doing. Yeah, it. It's yeah, like, yeah, all right, yeah, it might yeah. actually tune in a little bit right, more. Right. Right. Uh, so hoping that keeps growing. 
here in America. It's definitely a fun sport. I didn't play it a lot growing up. Uh, really enjoy it now, post-college. Uh, it's a little bit easier. Who was the first star? Was it like Terry Henry? Or like, who was the first I think it was who came to uh, Like, he was the Stefan Marbury. Like, what Stefan Marbury was to China... <laughs> He was to America. And I believe it was on Reed, you're right. And the, see, but see, that's actually growing the game. Yeah. Not like going to get a big paycheck to not play at all. It's or like, like oh, revitalize yeah. a team in Italy. Right. Like they've yeah, already like, done this. Come to a place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one last piece here. This this one hurt me in the childhood a little bit. We had mm. USC and UCLA. Like the metaphorical childhood. For sure. For sure. Uh, moving to the Big Ten. I feel like I don't recognize the college landscape anymore. Nah. I, the leagues are not what I knew them to be. The ACC was like 12 teams. The ACC. The Big East is nothing anymore. It's bullshit. And like what, fucking University of Maryland, like you're in the Big Ten now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Literally goes from C <laughs> oh, to yeah, C. I, I guess I believe you. Yeah. It's like. And when will they just get to the point where it's like, we have a 40-team league, this is college football, and everything else is just ancillary, like, regional, and, like, you can root for your team colors and all that, and your alma mater, but it it's not going to be fully complete until they basically model the NFL. It, you, and you I, can only have 30 competitive teams or whatever it is. Or like, if they model it, like... Uh, European soccer, and you get those thirty competitive teams in the bottom With four drop out kind of thing, and, and sure. then you have like the champions go up. See, and that's but where I think you can get relegation into Americans in college more easily. Yeah, if you do it that way. It's a lot that, harder with the pros. You when can't there's do that it much with pros. There's way too much money in like city. There's whole like regional economies built into it. Sure, not just but the smaller it, and scale not things. to say that. Alabama or Notre Dame or USC would ever fall out of that. But they're never going to get relegated. But if if they did, it's like, oh, you'll be all right. Like, you are a blue blood. Like, so you leave for a year. You'll be back next year. Like, trust me. It's like, that's just how that's going to work. But, yeah. It'd be one thing if it's like, oh, yeah, like Nebraska would have been relegated sometime in the sure. mid-2000s. And it's like, what, what is happening to them? Even <laughs> USC right. and uh, Miami. Yeah, Miami after Pete Carroll left, after Papa Pete left USC, they were... The days of Darnold. Yeah, yeah they, and they've had good recruits, and they just haven't... Right. They have not managed to deliver. Sarkeesian, Sark. Cuddy Sark couldn't bring it up. And now he's with uh with Texas. Right. Hopefully not gonna fuck up Arch Manning. Well we'll, we'll see what he <laughs> what he can do. I Steve Sarkeesian would not be the coach I would select. No. But that's just me. Yeah, that was an interesting choice by old. All right, and we are going into one of our weekly segments here, one of our fun ones, our chopping lines trivia. This is brought to you by correspondent Kevin. He is our Source for all of our questions, uh, some of our blog insight as well. Uh, you'll, you're going to hear him on some future episodes. He's currently out uh, boating. He's today. at sea right yes, now. Yes, he is at Lake, actually, at Lake. Watching until <laughs> he gets to port. So <laughs> he's, uh, act. he's having a little bit more of a fun time than we are, but that's okay. Uh, so the way this trivia works, we keep the scoring over the course of every month. At the end of each month, whoever's in last place has to have some sort of uh, pending consequence 
depending on the month. The loser of this month has to uh, wear our patented shopping lines L medallion for the for the loser. They'll have to wear that for the whole month of August when we're in here recording. L medallion. That's Spanish for the medallion. That's tr it directly translates. So it could be an insult. It could be an L if you want to take it as a loss either way. But the way this works, we got three types of questions. Our one-pointers are easiest. Our two-pointers are medium. Our three-pointers are naturally our most difficult. We keep track of these throughout the month, as I said. We'll keep you posted of our standings at the beginning of every episode. With this being episode numero uno, everyone's tied at zero. So... And we've already got a week out of the way for this month, so a little bit of a shorter month. If you fall behind, less time to catch up. Boys, let's see who is going to end up being stuck with this medallion come August. Question one. We got a two-pointer. We got a tennis one on deck here. Which two tennis players hold the record with five consecutive Wimbledon titles? Is it A, John McEnroe and Andre Agassi? B. Jimmy Connors and Pete Sampras, C. Bjorn Bjorg or Bjorn Borg, excuse me, and uh, Roger Federer, or D. Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic. All right, boys, and we're gonna flip them. I wrote C. We had producer Joe writing A, and Doc wrote C. The answer was in fact C. Bjorn Bjorg and Roger Feder, they each did it. I actually had wrote about how Novak had a great uh, four-year stretch the other day, so I had a feeling that he was not that one. Uh, Federer, though, that 2003 to 2007 stretch. He was yeah, different. pretty wild, and I think was going to win six in a row, and it might have been Djokovic that stopped him in 08. To get his first one or something. That, that could lie. Either up, way, yeah, but the Bjorn Borg and Roger Federer of it all, like five Wimbledons in a row. It's like, holy crazy. shit. And also, like, Bjorn Borg, if you're not a tennis fan, but it's like, A, a forgotten great. Like, his name doesn't get brought up a lot amongst casual tennis fans, but no. like, look at some of his records and play. And then it's like, look at a picture of that dude. You're like, oh, I didn't know Robert Plant played fucking <laughs> tennis and was really good at it. It's like he was a, that was back when tennis players were rock stars, like him and Johnny Mac and Eli Nastasi. It's like those guys were like on the front of magazines and sure, like yeah. dating models. Stealing and shit, the spotlight. Like stars. Yeah. Love it. That's, he, like you said, that is a forgotten name. Again, Tennis Casuals, if you hadn't heard it, if you don't know much about him, give him a look. Uh, definitely will be interested in what you see. So Doc and I got that one right there. That was a two-pointer. We're rolling into question two here. This one is a one-point question. Uh, the 2022 MLB draft is on this Sunday, July the 11th. It is the 57th installment of the draft. How many number one overall picks have gone to the Hall of Fame? Option A is 10, option B is 2, option C is 7, and option D is 12. Alright, and we are going to flip them. I got a C for 7, that's what Evan wrote, and Joe wrote A, 10. We're going to scroll down here again, so Doc and I are 
in a simpatico here with our mm. answers. The actual the actual answer is B. Just two, Ken Whoa. Griffey Jr. and Chipper Jones wow. are the only two. So that's esteemed company there. Would not have thought. I, I thought seven was a little safer. Pretty sure you have to be retired for like five years before you can even be considered. And uh, those are two freshly retired. If you're going to count all of the 57 years, mm-hmm. those guys are two of the of the more recent retirees. Absolutely. So that's fucking pretty wild. Would not have thought that. So yeah. nobody got that one there. That was a good one. And are uh, they? Were they? They had to have been within a draft class or two of each other. To me, they seem like very same agey. They don't, like yeah, that's they, the same generation of ball player. Absolutely. I grew like up that watching late them 90s play. and yeah. played through the... When did they come into the league, you think? Like 92? So I, I think that... Or like uh, I think 80s. Chipper preceded Ken Griffey. Um, yeah, maybe it was... 89? Mid, mid-90s, early 90s. Uh, yeah, I would say 92 was my initial guess. So it's saying here uh, Griffey was a minor leaguer through 88, which means he was a pro in 89. Okay, so yeah, I might have yeah. been wrong on on this one um he and chipper was selected in the 1990 draft there you so go so yeah one year so, yeah so there you go oh no no so uh it was three years three years they made his, oh he oh the minor chipper league. was drafted yeah, right, a year right, after right, right. Uh, sure, sure. griffey's debut but nonetheless they very close they were 90s guys as far as i'm concerned uh with baseball definitely grew up watching them so, B, only two Hall of Famers have ever been selected number one in the MLB draft. Very interesting. Not necessarily a great stat for the Orioles having the number one draft here, or a number one pick here, but we'll see. Question three. Joe's boy, Matt Fitzpatrick, with the crossed chips. He won the 2022 U.S. Open. Who holds the record for most career major championships? This is a one-pointer. We got A, Tiger Woods, B, Arnie Palmy, C, Jack Nicholas, or D, Tom Watson. I'll uh, just ask us all to flip here in three, two, one. And Doc and I again matching with the C. I've written C every time. All right, so there's that. C, C, That is Jack Nicholas there. He's got 18. There's a great program by FDR. Look it up. I've never heard of it personally, CCC. But that is uh, that is our answer here. If you broke CCC, you'd have two out of three right. Jack had 18, still holds the record. It would warm my heart to see Tiger take him down, but I don't uh, personally see it happening. We'll no see. better week to start than now. I- Tiger has a special relationship with St. Andrews. He and Jack both won two of their three Open championships there, so he could become the first man to win three, three. at the home of golf and get one closer. I'd be turned to up. his height, his childhood idol. That'd and be a hell of a Sunday. The major championship holder, Jack Nicholas, the Golden Bear. And Tiger's at fifteen or fourteen. Fifteen. Okay, I yeah. thought he won. And Jack's at eighteen. At eighteen, so, so yeah, he's he got three a little ways to go. So our last question here. This is um. So, Correspondent Kevin wrote this one here, but if you are a fan listening through on this, if you ever want to send us a fan question of the week on our social media pages, uh, we will definitely consider it for our trivia questions of the week. Feel free to just include the question and the answer. We'll get that sent over to Kevin. 
Uh, it doesn't always necessarily even have to be super sports related. If it's something that we talked about, something fun, something you want to hear us uh, kind of harp upon for a little bit, let us know and we'll see if we can meet you halfway. So okay, here we are, our fourth question. We got the MLB trade deadline approaching. As with every year, we have teams overpaying for mediocre prospects. We get some one-sided trades, some robberies. Uh, the Chicago Cubs in 2016, in order to win their World Series, they traded for Yankees closer Araldus Chapman. Uh, we Name the headliner of that trade that the Yankees received from the Chicago Cubs. Was it A, Miguel Andujar, B, Gleyber Torres, C, Aaron Judge, or D, DJ LeMayhew? This is a three-pointer here. Digging into the memory banks a little bit. And we are going to flip them. So I put B... Doc and I, again, simpatico with B, and Joe put D, and look at that. It is B, Gleiber Torres. He actually was killing the Orioles uh, up until about this year. Uh, Gleiber was the headliner to that. The uh, Cubs did win that championship, so at least made it worth their, their while giving up such a good prospect. Is Chapman back? With the Yankees now? I believe so. Yeah. yeah so say full circle. And Torres is still there. So they kind of got the best of both worlds. <laughs> right. And the Cubs on the World that Series. That trade no longer exists. Yeah, it's right? like, we, oh, we have both of these guys now. It's a, that's, a, that's a ghost trade. Yep, it, might you as well. You heard here first on Chopping Lines. When that happens, that's called a phantom trade. It never happened. And we'll see if uh, the Yankees can try to win another World Series this year with with him they uh they're playing really as good of baseball as anyone outside of maybe houston uh in the league but that's wrapping up our trivia we got doc and myself tied for first not the best round for joe overall but there's always next week we got a long month ahead just wait till that cam smith pick comes home to roost that then hot spot's we, gonna we can talk it, about next week it's gonna make it all worthwhile uh, we're going to be going into our last official segment of our show. This is our soapboxes. So this is where the boys and I kind of get up on our virtual soapboxes, get to discuss something that's been particularly irky to us, maybe something we've noticed in the recent weeks or this weekend of itself. Uh, so I'm going to go first here. My soapbox for the week is wind. I, uh, I have been at least scheduled for three deep sea offshore fishing excursions uh, in Ocean City, Maryland, which is just down the street uh, with my father over the course of my life. I think it's four. He says it's three. Regardless, every single time there's either a hurricane. This weekend was intense winds, fucking eight foot waves. So we're saying over under three and a half times. It's, yeah, I, I'm not putting the over. But wind ruined what could have been a good trip. I feel like this trip has been on my to-do list with my dad for over a decade at this point. Mm. Every single time it gets canceled. There was supposed to be one last year, right around this time, around the wedding. I remember that. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. In hindsight, that was a good one because that would have might not have slept for that trip. Yeah, I mean, that was probably for the best for you and your soon-to-be bride, current wife and mother of your child, that, like, that you didn't go deep-sea fishing the day before the wedding. An ambitious plan. 
But this time, there's no good damn reason for yep. it not to have happened for you guys. Took off work for it today. Was set to nap all day afterwards. Mm. You know, reveling my big catches, getting to see every, everyone celebrate. this fish? Like, mm. I gotta give this shit away. Right. <laughs> I gotta go buy a, a chest freezer. Instead, we, uh, we did end up getting a pontoon. We went out on the bay. Caught a few flounder, so, you know, there's worse ways to kill an afternoon. That's nice. Got yeah. that fish and fix a little bit. Wasn't quite a uh, eight-foot marlin or a 200-pound tuna. And you get to keep those flounder? No, nah, I didn't no. catch any big enough. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know if that was, like, did you come home with a dinner or something? Yeah. Flounder's good, too. I yeah. would have been happy with that one. So, wind, that's my soapbox bucks of the week. Fuck you. Again, ruining my fishing. Uh, we'll try again, I'm sure, in the future, but so far... Striking out with me and my pomps. Uh, what do you got, Doc? What's your soap? Well, and I workshopped this one earlier in our episode, but it's important. It's important stuff. But let's not mark our balls with poker chips. Let's use a flat, <laughs> a flat piece. You can. I, I'll give you a Yahtzee chip or, or, or a left-right-center chip. Something a little more flatter, but also, if you're going to play golf, if you're new to the game or otherwise... Bring a ball, put a ball marker in your pocket, put a divot repair in your pocket. A lot of times you can buy them together. Sure. And you just, I mean, I'm not saying go get some really nice thing or you have to go to the club you're playing at and buy one of theirs. It's like at Walmart, a lot of, some places you play will just have a basket of them there Mm -hmm. for free. And they're plastic. It's like don't feel bad about taking them or it's gonna lo- get... or even losing them. It's like whatever. But like it's it. good to have out there. If you're gonna play golf, use golf etiquette. If you're playing really slow and people are waiting behind you all day and you can tell it's you, let them play through. Repair your divots. Rake the bunkers. All the things that make that game fun to do. I mean, if you get into a bunker, you get to blow off some steam and rake it up angrily after you get out takes you three seconds if you hit the green and leave a divot that's a good thing that's like the best chore you could ever do would be to fix that ball mark yep picking up your trophy almost yeah but a lot of people out there entitled a little too lazy or to they just the don't know to do I mean, a lot of people start a game and they don't know the ins and outs someone's got to show you sure. you know what Benefit i mean of the it, doubt. it's like being new at a job it's like you're capable of this but you there's no way you know the ins and outs of, of A, this job, or B, this office. So, like, if you have someone that will take you under your wing, listen to them and do what they say. Unless it's, like, clearly fucking bad advice. Yeah, and you should... In which case, call into the show, and I'll give you better advice. There you go, Doc Ward. Got the uh, golf etiquette class sign up today. Producer Joe, you want to wrap our soapbox portion up here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is an ode, more uh, to uh, Braden Holpe. Mm. I saw that. Mm. Yeah. So his uh, his his season was ended uh, early this past season with Very a body injury, and now it's looking like it's his whole career. Oh no! So uh, to a man that had a forty-eight win season, co-leading with Martin Brodeur, yeah. the Vesna winner, and the Capitals only. Starting goalie Stanley Cup champion. A king. A, a king. man behind the literal save, which is just a beautiful, it's it's poetic picture. If you're a Caps it's, fan, it's it's almost the memory. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's yeah. almost the memory. Yeah. And he was a former baseball catcher, if I'm not mistaken, was always lauded for the glove work and was always a little bit sloppy with the pads. See, and that never was kind of his thing that. to like put together. But like the catcher in baseball and the goalie in hockey, what a that Venn diagram is almost a circle. Like two positions in two different sports have never more perfectly aligned. Pretty damn close, you know? yeah. Like that is pretty cool. And that's a shame. So, so is it certain? Like, has he announced his it's, retirement, or is it like he's, and reported he's cooked. Cooked. and he's an older dude too? Yeah, yeah. Sources, so. Like well, thirty-five, thirty-six. He's got to be. Um, and it's you well, know, no one can it say was he never the migraines, won. never the uh, never the body, but now it is. Yeah, he um, he is a legend in Washington. If I don't know if he's a drinker or not, most hockey guys are. But if he comes around. Uh, Capital One Center, he's not buying himself a beer. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. for damn sure. So that's a great soapbox. Um, enjoy or heal up first and foremost, Braden Holpe. Come back if you want to, but if not, enjoy the retirement. You have more than earned it. Yeah. You're a legend around these parts. Love that one, Joe. So we're going to be wrapping up our show here. Just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, check out the blog, choppinglines.blogspot.com on uh, everyone's favorite Google, or hosted by Google, rather. We had the uh, MLB Trade Targets blog come out yesterday. We got Benny Montgomery, our uh, minor league spotlight, coming out on Thursday. We got an amateur draft preview for the MLB coming out as well. Big baseball week. Uh, Also going to be putting out our pre-training camp fantasy top 200 for football. If you follow us on the social media, you've seen a little bit of a flash of that already. Um, busy week on the blog here. We've been out for about a month at this point, trying to stay consistent, trying to keep bringing multiple forms of media to you all. Uh, we're going to be back here on the mics in exactly a week doing this same thing again. We're going to have the, uh, the open to discuss with you all some good results should be an awesome tournament. We've really appreciated you all for giving us your time so far tonight, doc, Joe, you got anything for us while we're wrapping up? No, I just wanted to say thanks for joining us here on our inaugural Chopping Lines. And uh, same time, same place. Yes, sir. Look out for us on your uh, Spotify, your Apple Podcasts, your Anchor, and all that good stuff. We're going to come at you any type of way. We appreciate you all for coming out. Looking forward to having you all listen up again next week. This is Chopping Lines. Chop a line now.